return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Receiving something, yes? You, you might want to jot down in your notes like what some of those were. I mean... No anxiety. I mean, the light, the light is already in you. Um, there's just such power in praise and worship. So what I want to say is uh, we here at the Tabernacle, we have a, a school of ministry. Amen. I just want to, uh, can I just use the term brag for a second about Pastor Randon um, leading the worship here today? Yeah. And um, many of you don't know, he just learned the guitar within the last, I'm going to say the last year. Yeah. Um, you know, just studying to learn the chords, to, um, to know how to play. And here he is now yeah. <laughs> up front leading the whole worship service. And how many thank God for the anointing of the Amen. Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We give um, Jesus praise yeah. that he puts his Holy Spirit in us. He's put his Holy Spirit in you, in yeah. your uh, daughter was up here singing, and Angeline, and uh, just the gifts yeah. that are in your household. And yeah. but you know, we could just sit in row seven, seat five. But they've come forward. Yeah. Uh, Victoria jumped right in, yeah. like you mentioned, yeah. and uh, many of you. So, but if uh, fire starters are coming up, but fire starters or whatever age, I started playing the piano. I was. Uh, just about 50 years old, <laughs> and I found middle C. Woo! And I was like, Dave, I found middle C. He's, I, I, I had a piano in my room for some reason, and he came in. He goes, oh, okay. And I was super excited, and I got so addicted to um, piano and to worship and learning songs, I think like Pastor Randon is. Yeah. And food would pass me by. Meals would pass me by. I just <coughs> was, I was craving this that was in me, and um, and these things are in you. So um, I just wanted to publicly praise God for Pastor Randon, and then also to say, if you have a desire, maybe you've never played the drums, but you have a desire, maybe the djembe, uh, the keyboard, uh, the guitars, there's just uh, practices every Wednesday, and after you come for a while, there is a time frame involved, some weeks involved, but if you come in Wednesdays at 5.30, visit with Pastor Randon, and um, uh, thank God for the other worship leaders here, too. I'm not mentioning everyone's name, but we're grateful, aren't we? Amen. <laughs> so, School of Ministry, and then um, also at this church, School of Ministry to teach the Word, to um, uh, preach, and um, just let the fire burn in you. Amen. Can everyone say amen? Amen. amen. Thank you. Amen. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, 
ever living seed of the word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. We have the sound and stuff there going okay. All right. God bless you. We welcome anybody that joins us uh, worldwide. And we have had people from uh, many, many nations. So for some of the African nations, Nigeria in particular, Ghana, and uh, of course India and uh, European countries, we just welcome you today in Jesus' name. He is with you. Where you're at, he's at. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's close as the mention of his name. You might be sitting on a train right now, but he's with you. And, and you might not even be a Christian or a believer yet, but Jesus is still with you. He loves you. And, and I would just encourage you to just say, Jesus. You don't have to shout it, but you can just say, Jesus. Just say, Jesus, reveal yourself to me, and he will. He will reveal himself to you and show you how good he is and that he is your Savior. Hallelujah. So we want to talk today uh, about spiritual mind, carnal mind. We talked last week some about this. Romans chapter 8, when Romans chapter 8, it says, if we live according to the flesh, we mind the things of the flesh. Uh, If we live according to the spirit, we we mind the things of the spirit. Carnally minded is death. Spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind is against the things of God. It's not subject to the law of God. It cannot be because it's not surrendered to him. So, so understand this, as we talk today about the spiritual mind, carnal mind, everybody in the world, in the world, carnal mind. You can't have a spiritual mind without Jesus Christ. You can't have a spiritual mind without, without the Word of God. All right? So you can't have that. Not to say someone can't have a spiritual thought, they can. But, but to have a spiritual mind that is governed by the Holy Spirit. And now, as Christians, though, as Christians, Christians waver, waffle in and out of being in the spirit and in the flesh. And living for Jesus and yet carnal with the world. And so for Christians, there's this growth point. We come to Christ, we, we pray, and we give our life to Jesus. Okay, our sins get forgiven. That begins then the process of being transformed into the people that he wants us to be. So salvation is a beginning step. Getting filled with the Holy Spirit, that's good, but just another beginning step. Water baptism, that's good. We've got that coming up here in August. If you haven't been baptized since you believe, we have water baptism coming up. So uh, uh, all those things are good, and yet we continue to be transformed. To have the spiritual mind to think like Jesus would want us to think. Therefore, if we think that, we're going to act differently. The Christian, a Christian in your, in, in your world, wherever you work or whatever, people should see that you're different, right? You're, you're different. You don't talk like they talk. You're not swearing like they swear. You're not telling dirty jokes like they talk, say. You're not in the crowd that's putting somebody down. You're not doing that. You act different. Turn to your neighbor and say, you should act different. <laughs> there should be a change in your life for the better, right? For the better. And so that's the spiritual mind. The spiritual mind brings, brings really life, the life of God in us, the peace of God, this relationship. And I think if we walk in peace with God, we're at peace with a lot of people as well. So if we, if we mind the flesh, that's what we're going to do, the things of the flesh. So, so the carnal mind gets uh, unchecked, will get worse and worse. In the days of Noah, it says man's thoughts were only evil continually. 
So, so the things of the world that we have today, uh, people say, how can they even think that way? Because of the carnal mind. And if it's unchecked, which most people anymore don't want any governor on them. They don't want anything to control them or whatever. I can do what I want to do. It's like, you can, but it won't be good. Okay? So, so you want to live your life for Jesus. So the more I yield to Jesus, then the more I will become that way. All right? It's going to be maybe two extremes. Polarized world that, you know, where the evil and the, those that love Jesus. So, so John 3.3 3 says, when we get born again, we can, if you're, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. But when you're born again, you begin to see the kingdom of God. Amen. You begin to see the things that are out there. You begin to see, oh, that's, that's the Lord. In fact, when you're around it, Steve and I were talking before the service uh, the years ago, the Lutheran and Catholic, the conference and the Holy Spirit, and you'd be in that atmosphere and people just praising God. And, and you saw and you experienced and your, your spirit leapt within you. And that's how it's supposed to be. Even when you worship here in this tiny little place, we're here. And yet, if you close your eyes, you enter into the heavenlies. You enter into a heavenly place, right? So if you just, if you keep your eyes open, I would never open my eyes and worship because I don't want to, I don't want to see you. <laughs> I don't want to be distracted by other people, what they are or are not doing. I want to close my eyes and I want to focus on Jesus. Amen? Proverbs fourteen twelve then says this. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way, the end is the way of death. This is repeated twice, so it's Proverbs 14, 12, also Proverbs 16, 25. So the carnal mind can think, hey, I'm doing the right thing. So people in the world are doing things thinking they're right. Hey, remember the prophets of Baal who Elijah challenged? And, and uh, he challenged, he said, well, let's build an altar and let's, 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 uh, let's pray to the God who would answer by fire. And they said, we agree. They thought they were right. They thought they were right. So the altar's there and so forth. And then they did all their dances and so forth. And finally they're cutting themselves, trying to see something happen. And this went on for hours. And finally Elijah said, hey, you done now? Let me do it. And so then he went and did what he did, put the water around the altar and so forth and God answered by fire. They accepted the challenge, though, because they thought they were right. If you talk to some people in the world, they 100% think they're right. So the carnal mind brings deception. All right? The spiritual mind brings life. But see, there's, it seems right, but the end of it is the way of death. So the thing that brings the life to us, again, is the Word of God. The Bible will bring life to us to show us truth. We'd be a fool to think, I just understand everything. Well, we don't, right? We don't. We understand maybe a few things, but, but most things were dependent on the Lord for understanding and guidance and so forth. Now, in the book of Luke chapter 12, so Jesus is talking here, and he says, uh, uh, God closed, closed the grass, the field, and so forth. And he says, how much more will he take care of you, clothe you? And then he says, seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink or be of a doubtful mind. So now he's teaching them about their thoughts. You don't want to have carnal thoughts. You want to have spiritual thoughts. And he says, he said, for all these things the nations of the world seek after, your father knows that you have need of all all of these things. The doubtful mind is full of questions, worries, fears. What are we going to do? 
And Jesus said, do we, do we, in this world, do we live, do we work jobs and so forth? Do we plan? Yes, we do all those things. And yet, ultimately, our trust has to be in the Lord. Do the best you can. But your trust has to be in the Lord. Because he wants you to be able to lay down at night and sleep and be in peace. Amen? And, and, and all those things, you, you could have all the money in the world, or a lot of money in the world, and yet people are, don't sleep at night. Yet people are taking drugs, people are taking sleeping pills, people are doing all kinds of stuff because they're not happy or fulfilled. I recounted years ago when I was doing a construction project in Sioux Falls, and we had these big French doors in this fancy house, and, and this lady had hired me as a contractor because I had said Christian in the ad. And then, and then she came as I'm doing this project, and, and then she said, uh, are you really a Christian? And I said, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And she said, are you really a Christian? She says, if you're talking about church, that's one thing. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I witnessed to her. The next day I came back, and so it was a two-day project. I'm kind of finishing working. She came back, and she had this big Bible. I gave her some Bible verses. I'm working, working away. I gave her Bible verses. She went and read them. She had this big or, ornamental Bible. And, and she said, I, I read those things. And I said, I said, look, you know, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. I said, you can have everything else, but a lot of people have everything, can't sleep at night. And she says, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. Her husband was a big, owned a big business and had all kinds of money and all kinds of things, but no peace with God. All comes from Jesus. Amen? It all comes from Jesus. Worry, worry isn't going to help you here. Amen? James 1 talks about the double-minded man. James 1, and it says this, that, that uh, uh, you ask in faith. You don't want to doubt, because if you doubt, the wave of the sea is you're, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, you're, you're praising God, you're not praising God, and so forth. It says, let, don't let that man think that he received anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man. He's unstable. So double-mindedness brings instability. So, so you might, so, so people can say, well, there's days I struggle. Yes, that's true. So what do we do to overcome that? We keep staying in the word and leaning into the Holy Spirit. So you have less days where you're really down and more days where you're just right. Amen. So you're not the wave of the sea tossed with the world. It's interesting, even, even prophetically. We always talk about, you know, if something happens in the world, then all of a sudden the prophets come out. Yeah, we, we talked about that stuff. It's like, why don't you tell me that last week? <laughs> you know, people, people are, are uh, uh, reactionary. Thank you. <laughs> they, they react to things rather than actually say things that are real. Listen, the things God's already spoken to us about what's going to happen. People can say, there's going to be earthquakes. Yeah, he's already said that. There'll be storms. He's already said that. All right. There'll be all these calamities. He's already said that. He's already said all those things. Tomorrow's headlines are already in the Bible. So nothing takes God by surprise. There's absolutely nothing we have to worry about. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't have to worry. <laughs> the double-minded man brings instability. What's the economy going to do? You don't have to worry about it. I mean, obviously, if you're going to make a big purchase with high interest rates, well, you might think about that. I understand that. But otherwise, otherwise, there's nothing you're going to do to change all these events in the world like that. It's already written. The last days are upon us. 
the things that Jesus prophesied are here. This isn't, this is someday, it's today right now. But the blessing is, is that as believers, we can have a sound mind, we can have a spiritual mind, and in the midst of all this chaos, we can be in peace and we can give answers to people around us. That's the blessing. We should not be acting like everybody else in the world. What are we going to do? We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We shouldn't be acting that way. No, we should be people of peace. I've already read the book. Oh, yeah, I've already read that. You know, that's going to happen. You know what I mean? I heard that one prophet, she's like, this is coming and this earthquake is coming. It's like, tell me something I don't know. Don't just get work people up in a froth here. Did you hear what they said? Did you hear? Tell me what I don't know. Tell me what isn't already there. It's already there. And he doesn't work up his people to be anxious and double-minded like the rest of the world. He doesn't do that. He inspires us. He inspires us to be in peace. He inspires us to have his mind. Folks, there will be days when people will just wonder, what is going on? What are we going to do? And you'll be working at your, <laughs> working at your job. And then, why aren't you worried? Because of Jesus. Why should I worry? He's got me in his hand. He's taken care of me. He's my provider. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. Why should I worry? Think about it. Turn to your neighbor and say, why would you worry? Why would you worry? Our trust has to be in the one who's going to take care of us. Now, Hebrews 4 then, Hebrews 4.12, when it talks about the word of God, discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart... The word discerns things and the word will bring stability. Write down your notes, stability. (laughs) Stability is going to come through what you know through the word of God. That will cause you to be free. Amen. That will cause you to be free. That will cause you to live in greater peace than anybody else in the world because of the word that you know. But if you don't know the word of God, you're not going to be in any peace. In fact, in fact, folks, if, if, you don't know, if you don't know the Word of God, you will never be renewed in your mind. You will never have a spiritual mind. And this is the danger. We encourage Bible reading all the time. And folks, I know I can go to countless Christians, and they're just clueless. They're ignorant. What they know is what someone told them last Sunday, and that's it. Vulnerable to deception. Vulnerable to the next person who comes around. The Lord told me this. (laughs) Vulnerable. Swallow things that are a bunch of junk. If you don't know the Bible, you're unstable. That includes Christians. Many Christians, unstable. They're here, they're there, they're here, they're there. Instability. Jesus brings us stability. Jesus brings us to this place where we can stand. Look at the Bible says a thousand may fall on your one side, ten thousand at your other. You're standing. You're standing. You can go to bed at night and sleep. What's going to happen tomorrow? I don't know. He's already got a plan. I'm not worried about it. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 6. He says this thing, take no thought. You know, Matthew 6, 25. He says, you know, don't worry about your life. 
what you're going to eat, what you're going to put on, da-da-da-da-da. Life is more than all those things. Don't, don't, don't take any thought about your life. Look, look at the next verse, verse 27. He says, he says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your statue? Which of you by worrying, how is worry going to help you? How will worry help any of us? People, we, we worry about the future. We worry about our children. We worry about what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there. We worry, we worry, we worry. And how is that going to help you? It won't help you. It can't help you. It's not like, it's not like, Lord, let's just worry together on this. It's like in the storm. Here's this raging storm going on. Water's filling the boat and Jesus is tired and he's sleeping. And in the meantime, they're doing everything they can. And then they say to Jesus, wake up, we're dying. He's, basically what they're saying is, wake up and worry with us. We're going to die. Well, he was asleep. He had peace in the storm so he could speak peace to the storm. The Lord isn't your 911 number, folks. It's not like, it's not like, there's something happening. So let's just pray in the name of Jesus. And there's like this, and, and really their prayers are prayers of worry. They're trying to cover all the bases. We're worrying to stop, stop them at the door and this and that. I was with a group of ministers years ago. We were at a charismatic meeting and this was all pastors. It was retreat and so forth. And they were talking about things they felt like the Lord wanted to do. And, and then they spent, they spent all this time on what they called the backlash. Because the devil will counterattack and the devil will come back. And so we're going to pray. We're going to pray. They were praying for the backlash before they even finished praying for the other stuff. They're more concerned about the backlash, the backlash, what the devil's going to do. And I'm sitting there thinking, Backlash? What are you worried about that for? I didn't participate in the prayer. I said to one of the leaders, I said, what is going on here? Why do they say that? Because he read it in a book. He read it in a book from one of the prophets in the backlash, the backlash. Folks, I'm so focused on what Jesus is doing. Amen. Amen. I'm, not worried about, I'm not worried about what the devil's going to do. I'm, I'm concerned about what God's doing. Take care of that. You don't have to worry about the devil. Jesus said, nothing shall by any means harm you. Nothing's going to hurt you. Just stand in him. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Don't, don't be thinking about a devil under every bush or every chair. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Yeah. So worrying can never, can never help you. In verse 34, it talks about the big worry that a lot of people have. Don't worry about tomorrow, the future. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry about the future. Tomorrow, tomorrow, hey, tomorrow will take care of itself. You're, you're, paying, you're paying interest today on something that hasn't even happened yet for you. So, so you're worried about tomorrow and so forth when really let's enjoy the moment. Hey, even today, you got, you got today, right? Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here. You got today. So let's not, <laughs> let's not worry about what hasn't happened yet. 2 Corinthians 10 talks about our thoughts. So we take captive our thoughts. So we take control. We have weapons. Hallelujah. Say yes. Amen. We have weapons. What, what are your weapons? Your weapons is the Word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. So we have these, the blood of Jesus. So these weapons help us to pull down strongholds. Now, they're strongholds, things that get entrenched in our lives. 
Some people say, well, I, I just worry a lot. My mom was a worrier. Well, yeah, let's break that chain, right? So, so cast down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, what is he saying here? Exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So it's coming against the word of God. The word of God gives us stability. These thoughts are attacking our faith. By the way, remember, we have a shield of faith, right? And the shield of faith quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. So if you're holding the shield of faith, yeah, you might hear all that. (laughs) Darts are being quenched because they're not hitting you. Your faith is quenching those things. might be good to begin to doubt your doubts. The devil says something, say, well, I doubt it. God's greater. I doubt it. The Lord's, Lord's promises are this. So you have to bring captive your thoughts, all right? Bring, casting down arguments, your thoughts, every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. So I take this thought and I think, okay, Lord, I'm really worried about this. And so should I be worried? Go to the Word. If He says He'll take care of me, then He'll take care of me, right? You have to trust His Word that it's true. That's where we grow. Because people start off young and, and, and novices in the faith. So we apply the word to realize, yes, this works. Hallelujah. This is good. And you get stronger in your faith so that you can stand against all the things of the enemy. So that your thoughts are captive Control every thought, line it up with the Word of God, and I'm going to choose faith and not fear. So if anything's fearful, and folks, we all face stuff, right? So we all face stuff like, oh, boy, we have this thought. Wait a minute, I'm going to bring this captive. Why am I thinking this? You ever wake up in the middle of the night and you're thinking about something? Captivate it. Wait, what? There we go. Let's put it over there. Some things I feel like I can't shake. So then I just get up and say, well, devil, if you're going to keep me awake, we're just going to have a party here in the Holy Ghost. And I read the word and I worship and so forth. Pretty soon the devil's saying, to let him alone. He's having a good time. Let him go back to sleep. You'll do less damage against our kingdom. That's true. So you captivate things. Say captivate. You know something is, is not good. It's like if you went to the door, where's the best door? Where's the best place to stop? Uh, a home invasion or a burglar or whatever. We'll stop them at the door, right? I mean, I mean, ding dong, door opens up. Hey, can I come in and mess up your house? Sure, come on in. You know, well, that, no, don't let that happen. Run around the house. You're running after. No, you stop them at the door. No! You keep them out. Or if they do get in, you evict them. You evict the enemy from your thoughts. So your thoughts allow our spiritual thoughts and not carnal thoughts. Philippians just says, you know, when we pray, we can have the peace of God which passes all your understanding. Philippians 4. This peace of God passes all understanding. It will keep your heart and mind, right, in Christ Jesus. And he says, then he says, just think on the things that would be good, pure, positive, holy. Think on, think on those things. And you don't have to understand that peace, you don't have to understand that, surpasses understanding. All you know, hey, I'm just going to stand in you, Jesus. 
I'm going to stand in you. I, a lot of times, folks, I don't know what to do. I just put my eyes on the Lord. And a lot of times, I, I don't know what to do, Lord. <laughs> put my eyes on you. Okay. That's a good place to be. Because you put it in His hands. You're casting your care. And you don't have to figure it out. You don't have to, come on, Lord, we're going to team up. We'll figure out what we're going to do here. No, let's just let Him do it. Trust Him. Amen. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 11 a second. I like this. Don't allow your minds to be deceived, all right, corrupted. Your mind may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I can't overemphasize enough that a relationship with Jesus is supposed to be simple. It's not supposed to be complex. It's not supposed to be... I got 15 steps here. I got to do this. And then I'm in step seven. Oh, man, I'll start at the beginning and make it complex. No, no, just it's simple. Say simple. It's not complex. Don't allow your minds. Notice the word. It says your mind can get corrupted. All right. Corrupted from the simplicity. Corrupted means all of a sudden. And spiritually, Christians, they make things so complicated and all their stuff. No, 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 no. It's simple. Many times Jesus referred to a child. Faith in Jesus Christ. What's going to get, to get you to heaven? Your church attendance? No, no, no. It's faith in Jesus Christ. Everything. It just all comes down to the simplicity of the gospel. Healings, miracles, and so all this, this simplicity. The more complicated you make it, the worse it becomes. Just keep it simple. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Now, I'll give, give a quick example of that. 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings 5, Naaman comes to the prophet, and Elisha just sends a messenger to the door. Remember, Naaman is, is a prominent military figure from Syria. The king sends him. He comes to Elisha's place. They come to the door. So there's an entourage. There's all this. And Elisha just tells the servants, hey, go tell the guy to dip in the Jordan River seven times. That's the message. So he says, go wash the Jordan River seven times. Your flesh will be restored. That was the whole message. It wasn't even like, and the Lord spoke to me and the heavens were open and this. No, no, just tell me to go different Jordan River seven times. And your flesh will come again. And Naaman is furious. And he went away and he said to himself, surely he will come out, stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over this place and heal this leprosy. So Naaman goes away. He's angry. He's upset. And so we'll go to verse 12. He says this. Uh, uh, he says, and, and uh, he said, the rivers back in, in uh, Syria, aren't they better? The better rivers and so forth. Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and he went in a rage. So he thought the prophet would come out. This is what would happen and so forth. And it derailed him. It derailed his mind. And one of his servants, go to the next verses there, but his servants, he's, he's, he's angry, he's in his rage. And God bless these servants that came around and said, said, came near and says, hey, my father, if the prophet told you something great, would you have done it? Would you, you know, of course, you would have done that, right? How much more then when he says, just wash and be clean? If he'd have told you, if he'd have told you, I want you to do this and this and this, I want you to give all this treasure, I want you to do uh, these, all these feats, you think, okay, well, I can, I can master that. I can do that, and then I'll be clean. He says, no, all he says is wash. And he said, we got cleaner rivers in Syria. And truth, the Jordan River is, actually is a dirty river. 
And so the, God blessed the servant that just said, think about it. Not complex. He just said, get off your horse, get in the water, and dip seven times. Let's just try it. And of course, he goes down, he dips seven times, his flesh comes, he's restored his whole simplicity. So Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, when you present your body, you have to present your brain. So we think, oh, I'm presenting myself. No, present your brain. This is a key thing when you talk about presenting yourself. I'm going to take my brain. I'm going to present my brain to the Lord, right? Because I can only be transformed, in verse 2, when it says, I can only be transformed by the renewing of my mind, renewing of my brain. In other words, we're all born a certain way. We're all old, old, uh, old man. Now we're being transformed. We're being changed. Our thinking is being changed. Our life is being changed. How we see things is being changed. Isn't that right? So we're transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you come and present your brain to Jesus. Folks, it's not complicated. It's simple. We're going to have some prayer here in just a minute. But it's, it's, it's so common in the body of Christ that if, if a certain person was praying, they say, oh, we've got to get to that meeting. They're there. They're praying. You can have a child praying. And if they're praying in faith, who's your healer? Jesus, right? It's not some person. People get derailed over this. I went to every notable person and so forth. It was never healed. Well, why don't you just go to Jesus? Why don't you just go to Jesus? When our daughter was sick for many years, we had many people pray for her. Big name people pray, that's fine. People with no name, so to speak, that's fine too. And God did his work. Brother Cornwall years ago was telling Jeannie, Robert Cornwall, huge figure in the Assemblies of God for years and so forth. And uh, we were at this camp, we roomed together at Glacier Park and this Bible camp, Assemblies camp, a lot of people there and stuff. And, Notable speaker, just did the Bible. He was a Bible man. And I came back to the room one day, and he was there, and he was crying. He had tears in his eyes. He was much older than me. Now he's with Jesus. And I said, what's wrong? Oh, he said, nothing. He said, it worked out. It worked out. He read the book, you know, easy read, read it real quick. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well... He said, you know, we had a child in our church, church of thousands. And so all the big wigs prayed. And then the personal friends with Earl Roberts. And they flew him to, to Tulsa. They prayed. And everybody prayed. And the child died. And he said, you know, you can't figure that out, can you? I said, no, you sure can't. In your case, he said, it was just Jesus. And he says, that's how it always is, isn't it? It's just Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, just Jesus. Keep it simple. Ephesians 4 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Your mind is a spiritual thing. Yeah, you have, I know you have gray matter, true, the flesh. But it's a spiritual thing your mind is. Guard your mind. Guard your thoughts. Guard what you see. Guard what you hear. Be careful what you follow. Guard your mind so that you have spiritual thoughts. Amen. He wants, you to ha- he wants you to be happy. He wants you to have a happy life. And that's not based on anything in the world. It's based on this relationship with Jesus. So you're renewed in the spiritual mind. You're washing your brain with the Word. 
And again, if you don't read your Bible, you'll never have a spiritual mind. You never have a spiritual mind. You only get that through the Word. And Colossians 3.12 says, we put on humbleness of mind. So we have to stay teachable. Humbleness of mind meaning, okay, I'm going to stay teachable. That's why anytime, and we have a lot of people minister here, I'll be on the front row and I'm taking notes. I get a page of notes, just like you got in your bulletin sheet or whatever. I have a page of notes plus with everybody who speaks here. Because why? Because they're sharing scripture. They're sharing things that inevitably something speaks to me. Amen? It's not like, it's not like I'm, oh, okay, I can reuse this. No, I'm just, just, thank you, Lord. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. I'm writing things down. And you know why? Because then I can go reread it. And I can, I can actually go back to that service in my head. And the person speaking, I can go back to what they were saying. And it ministers. So then the next time, what, am I, what have I just done? I replanted it again. I just replanted that seed again. Then I got, I might pick it up someday, replant it again. Or we moved uh, an office thing and so forth. I saw things from years ago and I thought, I remember that service. Replanted it again. And we changed. Humbleness of mind. Humbleness of mind to say, oh, I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to have this spiritual mind uh, grow in me. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? So let's lift our hands here a second. Lord, thank you that you do give us mind of Christ. Even Lord, which you spoke before, we're, we're all those things of overcomers and powered and walk in the light to the glorious gospel. Lord, you've done supernatural things in us and through us. And Lord, I thank you today even for people here, people listening, for them to have a spiritual mind to think your thoughts, to think your thoughts, to be in the word, to be conformed into your image, Jesus. Lord, thank you. We present our minds, our brains to you today, Lord. And we thank you for touching us, changing us, renewing us by your spirit in the name of Jesus. I speak blessings on every person here, every person listening uh, in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you. You're doing great things in your church today in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are blessed, more blessed. We're more blessed than we realize. More blessed than we realize. Wow. Wow. Now, we're going to have a prayer time here. This, this doesn't come down to praying. Oh, I'm going to come up. I'm going to get a spiritual mind. Pray, have a spiritual mind. No, that's, that's, that's something we do as far as yielding to the Holy Spirit. Amen? And being in the Word and so forth. That's, that's growth that we do. But we are going to pray for anybody who needs healing. If you need healing today. Anybody got pain in their body today? Pain in your body, okay? Anybody else? Pain, 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 you know. Uh, you know, in heaven, there's no pain. I like that. Now, I'm going to take my ibuprofen to heaven. No, no, you're not going to need it. Hallelujah. And, and so I consequently think, you know, uh, you know, God gave us nerves, and that's why we feel pain. And then also it's why we recognize something isn't right. And then we pinpoint, well, I just look at it as pinpointing our prayers, Right? So if my hip is hurting, I think, well, I'm going to pray for my hip, right? So it's not like, oh, my hip's hurting. I'm going to pray for my left arm. No, no, you, you pinpoint it. The nerves tell you that's what you want to pray for, right? Something happened on the inside of you. You realize something isn't right, so that's what you're praying for. You're praying for healings. You're praying for God's touch. And listen now, people are going to pray here, but it's not going to be about how good you are. It's not going to be how good they are. The prayer is all good how good he is. Amen. And you want your eyes on Jesus. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to get prayed 50 times for this. Why? 
How about just once? <laughs> let's, get, let's pray in faith once and believe God. If you need prayer again, well, get prayer, you know. But it's not the quantity. It's just your faith. Faith pleases God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me have a few prayers come up uh, that would pray. Deb usually comes up. Roger's going random. Uh, going to come up. You want? Okay. Doug, why don't you come on? If you're here, we'll have you come and pray. And uh, I just want to say, even my brother, you know, he's, he's believed God for, he's faced some health challenges. And we used to have the healing meetings here. But that doesn't matter. He's, God's still using him. Amen. Come on, stand over here. Amen. Anybody else? Yeah, you can pray that, play that softly. Amen. So, uh, uh, so I want you to lift up a hand here to say, Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.